All right. Today's scripture text is from the prophet Isaiah, the 11th chapter. And I just want to let you know, be on guard, watch out, because you never know what's going to come down the aisle when God's word is read. Here now the word of the Lord is found in the prophet Isaiah, the 11th chapter. A shoot shall come up from Jesse, a stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what is seen by the eye or decide by what the ears hear, but will judge with righteousness. He will judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He'll strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be as built around his waist and faithfulness around his loins. The wolf shall lie down with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together and a child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, the nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and a weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, young people, for bringing in these representations of what I just read. Can you imagine a lion right there by a lamb? Can you imagine that? There, there it is right there. And, and a goat and a leopard there together. I understand that's a North Carolina ram, for a, but, but that, that, that's, that's supposed to be a goat. I mean, maybe they're the same, and some people's minds won't go there. Yeah. I am from Alabama. I can say what I want, right? All right. And, and the bear there with tame animals and a kid playing with snakes? Can you imagine such things? Wow. But according to what Isaiah says, that is the dream of God, that there shall be no hurt in God's kingdom. There shall be no fear where God is. And some people are facing things like wolves and lambs together in their lives. They're facing fear-inducing things like seeing a bear right there before them. And God is saying on my mountain, such things won't exist. Last week, we talked about God dreaming of a time when people shall make war no more. Swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. And that's God's dream for all humanity. And God's dream also, as Isaiah says, includes a time when we will not be afraid of anything. There will be a time as if it were a lamb and a wolf lying in a crib together and the lamb not being afraid. That's God's dream. That's God's hope, not for just some by and by, but for the here and the now. 
Just remember, Isaiah was written in a time of great turmoil. You probably heard last week that that Isaiah was written during a time in the 8th century when the fear of the Assyrians were over the people. In fact, in 722 B.C., the Assyrian army came and totally wiped out the northern kingdom. Those 10 tribes that were up there, they were moved out of that, their homeland and were never heard from again. Yeah, there's some left there. They became the Samaritans. We won't get into all that genealogy. But in the southern kingdom to where Isaiah was, was writing, there's a threat of war all the time. The, the Assyrian army did come down. It laid siege to Jerusalem. And all the tiny villages and towns outlying Jerusalem, well, they faced persecution. They faced slaughter of their children and destruction of the crops and the tearing down of their barns. And so the people had to wonder, should we even think about planting crops again and let those Assyrians take them? Should we plan on building anything again, knowing that they're going to be destroyed? Should we even think about raising children, knowing that they might be deported or killed? And yet, in the midst of all that bad news and that fear-inducing things that were going on around them, this huge army that was laying siege to Jerusalem, Isaiah says this, out of the stump of Jesse shall sport, sprout forth greenery. From the root shall come forth branches. He will be filled with the Spirit and proclaim wisdom and knowledge and righteousness and delight in the fear of the Lord. You know, when we have greenery a lot around right now. And, and you know, in, in this place, and we saw the beautiful fall leaves right now. It's a bunch of gray, right? But in the midst of the gray, there are pine trees and there's some rhododendron. And we have these beautiful evergreens here. They remind us that there's greenery that springs forth and will spring forth. Whenever we see a green shoot coming up, we know that there's life there. We had a, a, a lake place in South Alabama, and we planted a willow tree that we named Willowdean. And it grew up about six or eight feet high, and it was starting to flourish. And next thing you know, it was chopped down. A beaver got hold of it, believe it or not, and hauled hauled it away. And we thought old Willadine was dead. But come the springtime, there came some shoots coming up out of Willadine, showing to us that despite beaver teeth, there was life there in that tree. For wherever there's some greenery, there's life. And there's hope. In a radio interview, Gerda Weissman, a survivor of the Holocaust, tells about a time when she was there with all the other people at the concentration camp, standing there for hour on end during a roll call. And people were collapsing out of starvation and weakness and and, in the cold. And she noticed, though, in the midst of all of that bleakness, and horribleness of that concentration camp, in the concrete, there's a crack, and through that crack, a little flower was springing forth. She said, during the times when we had to march from barracks to work and back and forth, everybody made sure they, they did not step on that flower. Why? Because in the midst of the horror of the concentration camp, that little flower, that spring coming up through the concrete, represented life and hope. For wherever there's some greenery, wherever there's something springing forth, there is hope that there's life. And that's what Isaiah is saying. There will be a time that we have this hope that is springing forth in us. 
This hope will spring forth from the remnants of David's household. And this person, this king, will proclaim and delight in this saying called the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Now, when we think about fear, we, we think about being scared and afraid, right? I mean, when you're, when you're fearful of something, you're, well, you're kind of wary of it. Like, like a, ordinarily a wolf, and a, a, I mean, a lamb is scared of a wolf, fearful of a wolf. But fear of the Lord means respect. Fear of the Lord means something that we honor and are in awe of and acknowledge. Fear, fear of the Lord is a, is a common theme throughout uh, the Bible in In Proverbs 1, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Psalm 33 said, the eye of the Lord is is on all who fear him. Psalm 103 says this, that the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear the Lord. Fear of the Lord means that we acknowledge who the Lord is. And despite the circumstances, we know that God is there and with us. Willard Aldridge wrote a book called When God is Captive. And in it, he describes a painting that he saw one time. And in that painting, uh, there's an old shack in the Appalachian Mountains that had been burned to the ground and the, the smoke was still coming up from it in the picture. And all that remained was a chimney. And in front of that burned down shack is an old man in his night clothes. And with him is a, a young boy who is grasping hold of an old tattered pair of overalls. And the boy is crying, he's weeping. For he sees all hope has been taken from him. And Aldridge describes what the artist has placed down at the bottom. The old man saying to his young grandson, holding his grandson and saying, Hush, child, God ain't dead. Hush, child, God ain't dead. For in the midst of everything being taken from that family, this old man in the fear and reverence of the Lord realized that there's something greater there than the loss of everything that they owned. That God ain't dead. God is there with him. Now, we know that in this world, there is depravity, there's disaster, there's destruction, there's disappointment, and there's death. We know all those things are are, a reality around us, but Isaiah proclaims to us there is even a greater reality. The reality of this God that comes to be with us, that this shoot that will rise up is someone that is in the present with us right here and right now, and is greater than all the reality that I just described. He makes note of this, of the coming of the, of, of the one who will bring all these things. Later on in Isaiah, in the 43rd chapter, where he talks about this God that will be with us and bring to us this hope. Here's what he says, fear not, I am with you. I have called you by name. You are my own. Though the waters should rise, I am with you. Though the rivers should come upon you, you will go through them. 
Though fire should come, it will not consume you. Though the flame shall come, it will not burn you up. For I am the sovereign Lord, your God. I am your Savior. You are precious in my sight. I love you. And I honor you. Be not afraid. I am with you. Is that good news? Amen. Note what he says there. When the waters come, not if the waters come. The water's going to come, y'all. Sometime there's, you're going to feel like your life is being flooded away, like a, a mighty river sweeping you away, or like if a big ocean wave taking you and carrying you out to somewhere you did not want to go. But even in that midst, here's what he said. I am with you. You will go through this. Be not afraid. And y'all, as we talk about the hope of Advent, we, there's this already part of it that when Christ comes, and there's not yet when, it's not fu- and when it hasn't been fully fulfilled and won't be until Christ comes again. But this aspect of it is a living reality. Jesus Christ came to dwell with us. And he said this to us in the, in the 14th chapter, John, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. What? Not as the world g- gives it. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In 1 John 4, uh, which is something that was read today, said perfect love cast out all fear. We have no reason to be afraid because perfect love is Jesus. And you might remember that for 12 weeks, we preached a series of sermons on the Great Commission. Nod your head saying that you do remember that for 12 weeks. Hopefully you do remember that. And what was the last words of the Great Commission that you have a little card of, your commission that hopefully you got? If you didn't, we can give you one. It said this, what? I am with you when? Always. Some of you do remember. I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Yeah, the, there is this not yet realized portion of this lambs and, lo, and wolves lying down together. But there's this already portion of Christ being here with us to relieve us of all this fear. And we know that one day all this will be made true in totality. For what Isaiah is speaking about isn't just lambs and wolves. He's speaking about people coming together and not being afraid of one another. For so much conflict and so much warfare and so much terror is caused because, well, we made someone else the other because we're afraid of them and that, free, that fear leads to anger and fighting and conflict and division. And so one day, Isaiah says, Jews and Gentiles, we're gonna get together. Assyrians and people from Galilee will live with one another and harvest each other's fruit. We will uh, be there together as in our day and time with black and in white. And can you imagine uh, Ukrainians and Russians dancing together? Can you imagine a day when the poor and the rich join hands together and work together in, uh, in common purpose? Can you imagine this unbelievable fact that Republicans and Democrats learn to talk with each other instead of talking at each other and working together. And the 
people who are gangbangers and policemen joining hands to clean up the problems of our nation. That is God's dream. Yes, it is a not yet reality, but it, to be a living hope, it is, has, some, has to have some influence in our lives who have hope in such things right now where our world can be free from fear. If it's not a, a hope that invades who we are at this present moment, it's just a dream. But if we truly try to live into hope, free from all fear, my stars, friends, what this world can become in the here and now as we wait for the total consummation of all creation when Christ comes again. For you see, there's a and yet moment to the hope of God. An and yet. Arthur Gordon uh, in a wonderful book entitled Captured by Wonder, talks about this when he describes what happened to a man who was in a parachuting accident. He, he had uh, been a pretty experienced skydiver, and when he uh, d- uh, jumped out of the plane one time, the main chute didn't open, and when he said, I got a reserve chute, the reserve chute opened up, but it got caught in the, in the main chute, and he fell to the earth and was badly, badly hurt by, by the fall. He ended up in the hospital. The doctors told him he's never going to leave the hospital. He grew in great despair. But soon, rolling into his room, visiting him, day after day, was this man who had been in a car accident, who had had his spine severed and was paralyzed, could hardly move any part of his body at all, was going to be permanently in a wheelchair, and had to roll around in in an electronic wheelchair using his finger to to push the, the electronic motor around. And the fellow said, I, I wouldn't wish my plight upon anybody, but you know, and yet I can still read, and yet I can still listen to music, and yet I can still have conversations with good folks like you. And it's this and yet that Arthur Gordon said, this, this man who had been in this parachuting accident grabbed hold of. And Arthur Gordon says it gave him hope, and he overcame his accident and his injuries, and he walks without a limp to this day. You see, my friends, God has this and yet moment in history and in our lives that causes things to be different because we have a hope despite the fact that the Assyrian army is before us, despite the fact that we might have turmoil in our world, despite the fact that we might be dealing with something that brings us fear into our lives. God says, and yet... There's hope. There's a and yet moment in, t- in the life of Tyree Glasgow. He, he was a gangbanger in South Philly. Uh, he was someone that controlled a block and all the drug dealing and everything that happened in that block. And, well, you can guess what happened. Tyreek was sent to prison. But God had an and yet for him because when he was released from prison, he said, I don't want others to experience this. So he formed a a club where young people could come together, a dance troupe for young girls. And yet he said, you know, my, my friends here are scared of the police. So he and the police got together and worked together and cleaned up that street. And that part of South Philly, the crime has almost gone away because you see, God's and yet saw something more in Tyreek and in the situation in that place. 
you know, we, we hear all the time about this war in U- Ukraine, but because of your United Methodist Committee on Relief, God has worked through good Christian people that you help support as refugees from Ukraine have gone into Romania and the Holston Hotel, and women there are making blankets and embroidering bed clothing for children. And God's Anyet is literally blanketing the refugees in that region in love. We know that in Ukraine, thousands are being killed, millions are displaced. But in the tiny village of Yaskila, the people there process for peace, raising up a statue of Mary and said, despite the warfare, despite the killing, despite the displacement of so many people, and yet God has dreams of peace in this place. For you see, the Vladimir Putins are just a long line of despots who have come along in our world. He's not unique. We know this, though we haven't experienced it in a long time because we live in such a great country. But Putin and his cronies follow in the lines of the likes of King Herod and and Augustus Caesar, who was spreading the brutality of the Roman Empire all over the known world. And yet, God says, and yet, Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem and they have this baby. And this baby, well, we still call upon his name today. In fact, there's a little statue, well, of a baby that represents him. While Herod and Caesar, well, you have to get out an old dusty history book to find out about them, don't you? See, God has an and yet hope to be lived in the midst of the pain and the reality of our day where fear will be removed. And we know, though, one day when Christ comes, all fear will be destroyed. And we, lambs, can walk this world unafraid. But until that time, and until that time, let us live into an Advent hope where we can be God's and yet people for the broken, the hurting, the fear-filled of this world. May we make hope a living reality right now. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.